Chapter twenty six of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter twenty six. Berlin, March thirtieth, eighteen twenty one. Julia in the world. Dinner. Pomerol, Madame de Chastenay. When I found Julia again in Paris, she was in the midst of all the pomps of the world. She appeared covered with those flowers, adorned with those necklaces, and veiled with those perfumed tissues which St. Clement forbids the early Christian women to wear. St. Basil recommends the hermit to make the same use of the middle of the night which others do of the morning, in order to profit by the silence of nature. Midnight was the hour at which Julia went to those fetes the principal attraction of which consisted in listening to her verses recited by her with such wonderful euphony julia was infinitely handsomer than lucile she had soft blue eyes and brown hair dressed in figures or in large rolls her hands and arms models of whiteness and beauty by their graceful movements added something more charming still to her charming figure she was brilliant and animated smiled frequently without affectation and in smiling showed her pearly teeth a number of the female portraits of the time of louis the fourteenth resembled julia amongst others those of the mortemar but she had much more elegance than madame de montespan julia received me with that tenderness which belongs only to a sister i felt myself protected on being pressed in her arms amongst her ribbons her bouquet of flowers and her lace there is no substitute for the attachment the delicacy and the devotedness of a woman a man may be forgotten by his brothers and friends he may be disowned by his companions but he is never forgotten or disowned by his mother his sister or his wife when harold was slain at the battle of hastings no one was able to recognize his body amidst the multitude of the fallen it was necessary to have recourse to a young girl to whom he was attached she came and the unfortunate prince was discovered by edita swannes Hals, edith with the swan's neck my brother brought me back to my hotel he gave orders for my dinner and left me i dined alone and went to bed sorrowful i passed my first night in paris in regretting my woods and full of fear in contemplating the darkness of my future life at eight o'clock next morning my stout cousin arrived he was already on his fifth or sixth cruise well sir now we shall breakfast we shall dine with pomerol and in the evening i will take you to madame de chastenay this appeared to me to be a settled thing i resigned myself to my fate everything took place as my cousin wished after breakfast he pretended to show me paris and dragged me into the filthiest streets in the neighbourhood of the palais royal relating to me the whole time the dangers to which young men are exposed we were punctual at our rendezvous for dinner at a restaurateur's everything which was served appeared to me bad the conversation and the company exhibited to me quite a new world our talk turned upon questions concerning the court finance the sittings of the academy women and the intrigues of the day the newest piece and the success of actors actresses and authors there were several bretons in the number of our companions and amongst others the chevalier de guerre and pomerol the latter was a fine speaker who has written an account of some of bonaparte's campaigns and whom i was destined to find again at the head of the book trade pomerol enjoyed under the empire a sort of renown for his hatred of the noblesse when a gentleman was appointed to the office of chamberlain he indulged himself in some coarse witticisms and yet he called himself and with good reason a gentleman he signed his name pomereux 
claiming to be descended from the family of that name mentioned in madame de sevigne's letters after dinner my brother wished to take me to the play but my cousin claimed me for madame de chastenay's and i accompanied him to fulfil my destiny i saw a fine woman no longer in the bloom of youth but still able to inspire an attachment she received me well endeavoured to put me at my ease and questioned me concerning my province and my regiment i was awkward and embarrassed i made signs to my cousin to shorten the visit but he without paying any attention to me never ceased to dwell on my merits affirming that i had made verses on my mother's lap and inviting me to celebrate madame de chastenay she relieved me from the embarrassment of this painful situation begged pardon for being obliged to go out and invited me to return the next morning with a voice so sweet that i involuntarily promised obedience i returned to her house next morning alone i found her in bed in an elegantly furnished chamber she told me she was rather unwell and had contracted the bad habit of rising late i found myself for the first time at the bedside of a lady who was neither my mother nor my sister she had remarked my timidity on the previous evening and she now conquered it so far that i ventured to express myself with a kind of freedom what i said i have forgotten but i seemed still to see her air of surprise she stretched out her half bare arm and the most beautiful hand in the world saying to me with a smile we shall tame you i did not salute even that beautiful hand i withdrew completely confused the next day i set out for cambray who was this madame chastenay i am wholly ignorant she passed like a charming shadow in my life End of chapter twenty six